the local bar podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the local bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, you've decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, all the places you get your good and your bad podcasts. Also, Audible. I thought I'd promote that a little bit more this week. It's kind of cool. If you, uh, I use Audible all the time. When I run, I love listening to audiobooks. I never thought I'd do that. My buddy Ace got me into doing that. Um, and uh, it's pretty cool to be able to get books and podcasts all in the same place. Pretty convenient little, little uh, player they have, too. I kind of dig that. Uh, if you want to follow us, uh, Local Bar Media over on the Facebooks, it's where we throw some extra information. Uh, we've got a webpage, localbarmedia.com. But the most important thing, if you want to be a part of the show, if you've got somebody, you have a question for the show, comments, condolences, whatever, chad at localbarmedia.com. Coming to you from what feels like a, a mash unit in my house. I was sick a couple weeks ago. It's been part of the reason why I've had to uh, throw some of the scheduling off. But uh, if you are a Welding a Family follower, it's the other show that we do, the show I do with my wife. Uh, special episode this week. No, Maria's not on it. Special episode this week. Um, have a little guest, a couple guests, a couple tiny guests, not so tiny guests. Um uh, Maria's been sick. I was sick a couple weeks ago. So I'm just, th- I, I, I thought it was allergies. I don't know. Well, it's got Maria down for the count. She is inside as we speak, <laughs> knocked out like a fat boy in dodgeball. I mean, you couldn't get her to move if you had to right now. So she is, uh, she hopefully will be back on her feet because we've got uh, some stuff coming up. We have, uh, we will uh, probably be taking a week off here uh, on the welding and family side. I believe local bar has got a show that was already done. That's been, uh, it's going to be thrown out there in a couple of weeks. We take a little family vacation, but all that aside, it's good to have you. Thank you so much for being here. We, we appreciate it. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of you that have been listening to welding and family. The numbers are growing by leaps and bounds, and I'm not quite sure what's going on here either. Something's going on. Uh, appreciate everybody who spreads around the show. We have increased in numbers uh, a good bit. Um, and I, uh, I appreciate the, those of you that, that not only subscribe to what we do, but also leave comments because that helps. But when you when you hear an episode that uh, you appreciate uh, and you spread that around, there was one from a few years ago I've noticed has been making the rounds. I can do that. It'll show me in our in our statistics if all of a sudden – We've had like a lot of downloads in one show. It'll show it. And it's from like three years ago. I don't, know, I don't think I referenced this show either because I <laughs> absolutely forgot about this show. So I don't, I don't know what's kind of going around. But thank you. Uh, whenever you do that, I, I appreciate that. It, it means a lot to me. I uh, want to also say thank you to those of you that came out to the art bar. Uh, if you're in the Columbia area, I had some friends stop by. That was a cool show. Uh, we did a show on Sunday night which took me about two days to recover from, it feels like. It was uh, it was a really cool show uh, for us to do. And um, uh, this is my band, The Accused. I don't, You know, I always reference my band. I don't think I ever say the name. But we did a show with this band called Richard and the Twins. Just 
putting this out there. They play a lot. They they are all over South Carolina. I believe they do a good bit in North Carolina as well. If you haven't seen these cats, put put them on your radar. They they, they really surprised me. I, I know the drummer, um, but I've not heard them play. That's solid, just solid, great stuff. So. Um, also Don Merkel, the man that does all the music for the show. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, he is going to be up there somewhere in the Noda area. We'll, we'll make sure we promote it on the, uh, on the socials coming up, but nine o'clock next Wednesday night, I was going to try to, I got a graduation for one of my daughters and I thought I could just zip up there, catch the show and come back. It's a quick hour and 20 minute drive. But I, I am leaving <laughs> for vacation about a day later. I don't, I don't know. I, yours truly may be there. I probably won't. But Don Merkel certainly will uh, if you want to hear him live. He's got some new stuff. The new stuff is awesome. I'm really digging the new songs, and hopefully we'll be teasing a few of them here on the show whenever he sends me the file. I mean, go check him out then if you can. I've gotten a lot of emails uh, about some of the content we've had on. People asking about the bands. Thank you for those of you that have gone to see Mom Rock. That's awesome. And uh, going to see some of the other folks that we have. I know that some people over the past few months have have uh, sent me comments that they've gone to some of the comedy shows I've promoted. I got an interesting email from somebody there. <laughs> And I want to. I did not answer them back. I want to answer them back here, here on the show, like this, because I, I'm wondering how many other people uh, <laughs> are thinking this. I've had a lot of comedians on the show, and uh, this is no, this is not. I'm not switching to a comedy based format, because if you if you've paid attention, I don't ask them to tell jokes on the show. I, some of them are just inherently funny, and and they'll say something, but. Um, we don't really get into their routines on the show. It's not to promote them in that way. <clears throat> and there's a, there's a very solid reason why I do that. Number one, I think people think that uh, doing comedy is easier than it actually is. It's a very hard thing. Uh, when you look at you have to, number one, come up with a joke. But you can't just come up with a joke. You need to come up with about 20. Uh, I see people at, at at open mics that will have a joke or two, but don't know how to fill in the rest of the time. And that five minutes for some of us that are talkers is like no time. We've gone seven minutes into the show, according to the counter right now. But uh, if you only have a joke or two, that's a long period. That's tough. It's also reading a room. It also has to do with staying topical. It, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And so I like having them on to uh, to talk about what it's like with what they do. Uh, I've pretty much run through the comics I've wanted to have on the show with this last one coming on. There is one more. And I want to save him for last because it probably will be nothing but jokes. That's on purpose. And we'll if we can tie him down for the interview, we'll do it. But I wanted to have the guy on today uh, because he's uh, another one that does this thing that I like. His name's Christian Williams. I, I, I met Christian. I, if memory serves correctly, I met Christian years ago at the New Brooklyn Tavern, and I saw him. I think he was. I think he was still pretty new to stand up, and I had I had really just started doing it myself. 
And I remember his act. There's something, and I, I didn't talk to him about it on the show. But I remember his act, and he stood out to me because I thought that's that's a unique that's a unique perspective to, to take. He always cracks me up. He, he's a he's a dude that'll walk up there with a with a cowboy hat on. And uh, the other night when I saw him at the art bar, he just walked up with a lamp, like a tall standing lamp, and just plugged it in. And made no and left it. I don't know what he was doing. I have no idea what he was doing with the lamp. I just it, he he's he's pretty good at giving you a rope a dope every now and then, whether it's something he's saying verbally or something that he's physically doing. His his style and demeanor can throw you off, and when you're paying attention, suddenly there's there's a, a, a good bit there. Guy's a great comedian, but he does something else, and he does something that Topher and Joel and Allie and all the people that we've had on before. Uh, he does something that they do, so I, I wanted to bring him on uh, because of that. Uh, interview is a little brief. Had, had, we had some technical issues. I don't know if it was necessarily on his end or mine. I, it just it's, it was just one of those days. So you have to excuse me if the, the, the noise is a little weird. Um, be careful turning your volume up. That's the only thing I want to tell you. Be careful because when your boy here comes back in, might be booming on some eardrums. But... Um, Forgive us as we figure that out. Sometimes when you do, just a heads up, whenever you do um, interviews, if you ever do an interview with anybody and you're doing it over the phone, the, the probably the mistake I see the most, this is just my whole two cents here, um, when you're on your cell phone, stay in one place, find a seat. I walk whenever I talk. On the, I have to. I have to walk around. And that's you don't do that. Don't do that because you're, you're, it, it messes up. Your volume goes in and out. You cut in and out. It's a pain in the butt. I don't think that's what's going on. I actually think of something here in the studio. Hopefully got it fixed out. Ever since we moved here, this studio, there's something that's, there's a gremlin that shows up every now and then. So you have to excuse him as he raises his ugly head in this one. But here's my interview with Christian Williams. And I, I want to tell you something important about why I brought all these guys on on the other side of the break. comedians in the Columbia area on one of the guys that I've seen uh, really through the years, but a lot lately. And he's got a really cool event coming up is a extremely funny dude uh, here in town. He's one of the folks that I brag about uh, all the time, uh, how in Columbia we've got like world-class comedians. It seems like uh, they just really add to the awesome art scene that we have here. One of the funniest guys that I see is this guy on the phone with me now, Mr. Christian Williams. Christian, how you doing today, man? Man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Enjoying this beautiful South Carolina sunshine. Yeah, finally. I don't know what took so long for it to get here. It's like, you know, February comes around. This state has no idea what season it is. And it takes it a few 
has a few false starts and we finally get it, I feel like. Yeah, I've heard it's supposed to go back to being cold though, oh, this weekend. Really? Yeah, jeez, yeah. man. Everybody wonders why they're sick around here. Um, Christian is so we were talking real quick before the show, did not realize this. You were born born and raised in Asheville? North Carolina. Yeah, born and raised in Asheville, North Carolina. The majority of my life I spent up in the mountains. So what brought you to Columbia then? I actually came out here to go to school. Uh, I went to a smaller school down here, Columbia International, and I played basketball while I was there. So Oh, cool. That's I didn't what know. lured me down to Columbia. I did not know you went to CIU. That's awesome. All right. Well, good deal. Well, you uh I've seen you uh, perform at a bunch of the open mics. Um you are you are uh, consistently one of the guys that gets up there gets the crowd going i i notice i can always tell they'll keep you and a couple of other folks kind of spread out i think on purpose to make sure that things kind of stay kind of level um what what got you into stand-up was it something that you've been doing since you were younger is it is it something you kind of came across later on in life where, where are you on that whole journey uh so i would say i came to find stand-up when I was a little bit older. I was, I've always loved stand up, but I never knew, like most people, I never knew of anything going on local or anything like that. And I had a friend I did improv with in college who decided to go try it out. And I went with him the first couple of times to go see. Uh, and honestly, watching, once you watch an open mic, you've been to a couple of them, we'll let anyone talk for five minutes. Yeah. So once I saw that enough times, I was like, why not give it a try if I don't enjoy it? You know, it's, it's a thing I'll, that'll just kind of die with me. But if I do do well, then it's a thing I'll continue to do. And I kind of just grew from there. It's interesting that you bring up the um, the improv stuff. I it's it's uh, Joel Dollinger and I were talking about this not long ago on the show. Uh, it seemed like improv was a big thing for a while. It started really getting huge. I felt like in the '90s or something that was just a little bit more status quo. Uh, early 2000s, I don't see a lot of it now. I, I feel like a lot more people are trying their hand at stand-up. What, what did you find about yourself in improv that you, you think tend to work a little better with stand-up? Um, I think the thing with me is I, I talk fast at times, so the dialogue of improv, especially depending on the scene, um, sometimes I have to change my speech, my natural speech pattern a little bit more than I do when I do stand up. I also think that the biggest thing I found, like I enjoyed, I would say for the first couple of years, I enjoyed improv more until I figured out my voice on stage. And once you kind of figure that out, then you kind of get the mix of the two with however creative you can be in improv. You can also be on the stage while you're doing stand up. What, um, do you still do any? You still do any um, improv? Yeah, so I do some improv with Tomorrow Quest Theater at Art Bar. Uh, we perform the last Friday of every month there. Uh, we used to travel and do festivals. I did improv all the way through college at CAU. We had an improv troupe there. Uh, but it's kind of started to die down a little bit more for me. You know, it's it's harder to do some of those things that a lot of people love, like travel all the time, or there's not yeah. really a lot of open mics for just improv. Yeah. So, 
It seems more and more the like as I travel around for work, I'm seeing more open mics pop up. I've talked about it before. It's crazy in Greenville, South Carolina. It doesn't matter what day of the week they've got an open mic somewhere. I think we're pretty much the same here now in Columbia. I know that Charleston's got a few, but even outside of the southeast, when I travel, there seems to be a little bit more. Kind of what I was seeing um, back in. Like the early 90s of what you would see as far as comedy clubs popping up. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. It seems like, you know, with all the traveling you do and all the different types of, of art you do with this, it's amazing how many clubs really get into open mics, but I don't see a lot of comedy clubs still popping up like they used to. I mean, yeah, you go out west to your places, you still have the the meccas that people want to go to to go uh, perform if they could. But why is that something you think we don't see around here that much? I mean, it, it's great for the local bars, but we just don't we just don't seem to have a lot of comedy clubs popping up. If they do, they don't seem to always be as supportive. And I've I've never really understood why that is. Uh, I think the thing with it is that it's it's hard to find those communities in smaller cities. I think you you would say the same thing about a lot of other things that are able to dwell in bigger cities. Like the thing is, for a comedy club, you need a consistent population that wants to come out and see comedy. Yeah. And yes, there are people who want to go see big traveling acts, but there's not a lot of people who are willing to take that risk on spending 10 or 15 bucks to normally go see people they've never seen on TV who are extremely funny, you know? Like, no one's ever booking a comedy show lineup without booking funny comics. Yeah. It's just a lot of times a lot of those comics don't have the credits or the names, and those comics who do normally live in bigger cities. Yeah. I... um. The reason I bring that question up is I, you know, we've I've been going around, I've been listening uh, to some of the local uh, local open mics lately. Really getting into a lot of the folks that I see up there. I've been very surprised and uh, sometimes with some of the folks that they get up there and uh, with a couple of the shows and a couple of the open mics, just the, all that variety. It does seem like we have a, a good support uh, here in Columbia. I do like the other night at that open mic. Uh, what was it? Last Tuesday, this past Tuesday. Right? No, last yeah. Tuesday, at, or it was um, it was slam packed at the art bar. I mean, it was wall to wall in there, and and that's really what got me thinking. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of those folks were comics. There were quite a few people that were going to run through, you know, five minute set, and I'm sure a couple of them brought their friends out. But I saw a lot of folks that stayed, um, and I was I was really impressed with that. And it's it just got me wondering about that. Is that you know, did you ever have you ever worked with any comedy clubs here in town? Is that something you still do? Uh, especially if they have like open mics, certainly. But is is that something that seems to work around here anywhere, or is it just probably not built for what we have at the moment? I mean, you have the comedy house, which is out in Two Knots. I have not worked there. I do know a lot of other people that have. Yeah, uh, that have nothing but good things to say about it. I think it's just one of those things that you need the so. Art bar is beautiful. It's amazing. Now we're able to consistently have a crowd, but I've been going to art bar for six years. So there are times where we barely would have people in there. It kind of takes a time to build up an audience of people that consistently want to come out. Like post pandemic, the first couple months, it was four or five people in the audience. Oh yeah. And you were lucky yeah. if those four or five people weren't just friends of comedy that had seen everyone <laughs> set a thousand times. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, speaking of that, it's another thing I was going to ask you about. Watching your sets and the things that I've seen you uh, get up and spar with when you're just trying out some new stuff. 
I never hear you really mention a lot about the pandemic. It seems like there's a lot of comics that still want to make jokes about there's others that just it never was a thing they cared to really get into. What was it like uh, kind of going through that as a comic? I've never really asked any of the others that have been on the show. You know, here you are performing, and then you're done. Obviously, you can't go anywhere. You can't perform. Um, but a lot of musicians I know were doing live streams and things like that. I mean, we all saw, uh, if you follow Jen Snyder, she was like in a tub every week doing something. But for the rest of you that were trying to figure something out, how was that? And then just for you personally, I'm just kind of curious, is that, is that something you purposely have done? You've been like, I've got, I got no jokes on that stuff. I don't want to talk about it. Or is that just maybe some material I haven't seen yet? Uh, so I think to answer the first question about, you know, a lot of the pandemic for me and what I was doing, especially with comedy, I was in a couple of comedy groups on Facebook where they would have like little joke contests where you could write jokes. Okay. I yeah. tried to do a lot of that. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of the pandemic, I lived by myself in a tiny little studio apartment. So I spent a lot of it just trying to be as active as possible. Um, and I think to me, it was, it was a lot of like, you know, you had artists and DJ I know who did shows online or streamed. And I know some people who did some comedy shows online. It's a little bit different, especially for me. I need a feel of the audience. I kind of need to feel your energy. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to get that through a screen at points. But I would say that, you know, it was it was a time of growth. I spent a lot of that time listening to a lot of comics who were doing interviews. Uh, I actually got in a couple of live streams that were smaller with comics taking Q&As. And mm -hmm. I spent a lot of the pandemic just learning, you know, how people did their writing process, how people were processing it. And then coming out of it, I really try not to write too many jokes about the pandemic. I try to avoid things that are topical if it isn't you know like the pandemic was a major experience on everyone's life sure so i think it's it's kind of hard for me especially at that point i was probably three or four years in it was a hard topic for me to tackle i think that sometimes comics forget that especially younger comics when they're first starting certain topics are too big for you to tackle you haven't figured out how to talk about you know relationships in your life or developing things like that. So it's kind of hard for you to tack tackle a topic such as the pandemic, which is such a big issue that no one had ever really felt before. You know, you're, you're trying to explain an emotion that you're trying to add a funny perspective to something that, you know, shut down for everybody. It wasn't a good experience for most people. Mm -hmm. So I think that like, that's why I tried to avoid it. A lot of my stuff coming out of the pandemic, I was trying to just get back to normal, write things that were about me and my life. So I think that's kind of how I approached it coming out. That's pretty interesting. You know, I, I hadn't thought about that before with you guys when you're writing jokes. I mean, I, obviously it's hard to write about stuff that you haven't really experienced because you're trying to connect with people, but not understanding how everybody else is picking up on it. So it's like, you know, it's, one thing I love about comics is most of them, you know, anybody, any of y'all that do what you do, you, you you can find humor in in everything. Not just, you know, it's just it's just amazing how you can do that. Some people don't respond well to that. And so I think that's what that's a very interesting uh, take on that. Is like you don't know. I mean, maybe you found something funny, but maybe everybody else in the world didn't. And it, it is it is kind of a weird thing. You you know you you are you you, you do really challenge the audience. I mean, I've I found you to be a, a comic that's not afraid of any topic. 
uh, you do read an audience extremely well, and, and I've always been impressed with that. The other night, I won't give it just an example. I'm not going to go into too much detail because I, I don't like to give anybody any credit nor make fun of anybody too much. But there was a dude at um, the art bar that apparently thought he was a lot funnier than the comedians on stage, just your regular hecklers or whatever. And he got up, and he one of the one of the guys that we we see a lot, probably a friend of yours. Uh, had kind of an issue with him because the guy wanted to stand up in front of the stage, and so they they ended up getting the guy out of there. But he's a pain in the butt. What was funny though is you were one of the first ones to get up on stage, and I was in the back, and I saw this cat, and I thought he was a little drunk because I was I was purposefully looking at the audience. I was I was I was looking at it because I was curious to see what people's reactions were and things like that. So I saw this cat come in. And you got on stage, and I swear, Christian, within the first 15 seconds, you had pointed him out and said something to him. And I think you kind of held him in check uh, much better than anybody else did immediately. Where did you learn or how did you pick up on how to deal with hecklers and kind of keep them at bay? Because I I saw you do something I haven't seen anybody else do in that quick of a period of time. Is it something that you think about? Is it something you even realize you do? Or is it something that you had to learn a hard lesson to figure out how to deal with folks like that? So I think it's it's one of two things. Like, first, it's it's difficult. It's everyone's fear for the most part when they first start, unless you're a crazy person. You don't want yeah. someone talking while you're talking. Right. Uh, and so it's kind of trying to figure out how to handle that. And I know a lot of comics struggle because it's it's figuring out a way to do it that is good to you and that feels comfortable with you doing it. Um for me, I think what I realized, comedy with anything is pulling the strengths you already have, and it makes you a lot better. Uh, one of my biggest strengths is I work with kids, so I'm used to people talking while I'm talking. Uh, I'm used to dealing with distractions. Yeah. And so a lot of times you, like anything, you can feel while a person is talking or while they're saying things they shouldn't be and kind of just avoiding them. Like a lot of times my thing is to, if you're talking, like almost anyone that heckles at a comedy show is drunk or intoxicated and they're a little bit overconfident <laughs> so they're trying <laughs> right. to yeah they're trying to be a part of something they shouldn't and so a lot of times it's a it's a point or it's it's addressing them very quickly like i will with a child and then moving on you don't want to sit in that point you don't want to be too rude to them because they're still there to see the show sure they yeah. just have forgotten their part in the show for a little bit yeah that's a great point. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but that's really maybe more like middle school teachers need to take stand up comedy lessons as well. Maybe that, maybe the converse of that can be true and can be helpful. What uh, what got you into working with kids? Uh, so it was actually the first job I ever had. I worked a summer camp when I was sixteen, a science summer camp for a week, and me and a friend of mine spent a week like busting up old VCRs to help kids build like fake little robots, and then the rest of the time we were shooting water balloons out of a slingshot gun, <laughs> trying to teach them formulas and things with some help with some teachers. And for me, that was, it was the funnest job I ever had. You know, a lot of my friends were working in fast food or doing grunt work. And I was like, they'll pay me the same amount to, you know, work with kids. It's, it's a lot more fun. Yeah. It's a lot more enjoyable. Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot more fun to shoot water balloons at kids and flip burgers. There's, there's no doubt about that. I completely get you on that. You, so do you still get home to Asheville? Are there clubs up in Asheville that you get to every now and then? Uh, so Asheville is actually, interestingly enough, the place I perform the least amount probably oh, in really? the southeast huh. of the cities. Uh, there's no reason for that, I think, in particular. Like, I've done a sh- my first show for my mom was up there. So I do occasionally get up there. I guess because I didn't start comedy up there, it's not. Uh, yeah. 
more of a comedy home to me. It's it's a good time to go relax, you know, hang yeah. out with my friends, my family, enjoy that part of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, you've got uh, you've got quite a bit of stuff going on, and 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 again, I really do. It's it's not any lip service or anything. I, I think a lot of the stuff that you do is great. I think you're very, um, you know, there's a couple of y'all that I've I've been watching very closely recently that I think are, are, are incredible original talents. Uh, I think your jokes come out of nowhere. It's not like anybody, anything else I'm, I'm hearing. And I, I really like the original style you have. You do have a big show coming up this weekend. We, we've, we've kind of promoted a couple of them. And uh, I, I'll say real quick to anybody in the audience that has gone to the ones like that Allie Johns has done. I, I know that, that that's been well supported here, but You've got a real big one coming up uh, this weekend. You want to tell everybody a little bit about it? Yeah, so we're actually doing two brunch shows this weekend, the Sunday before Memorial Day. Um, We're calling it, it's at the Aristocrat, which is in the Vista. We're calling it the Aristocrat's pre-memorial party. Uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited because it's a chance to see, I think we have between the two shows, 12 different comics coming from all over. So I have two very... Funny comics coming up from Atlanta, one of which has been fe- featured on Showtime, Alex Libby. Uh, we also have Shelly Rutenberg, I think is how you pronounce it. I've seen her a couple times. She is extremely hilarious and creative. And then we also have a comic coming in from L.A., Whitney Reiner, who is fantastic. She's been able to perform at some of the clubs out there. But not only that, I'm stacking it with some local talent from right around here in Charleston as well. And that's the main thing about my shows. I try to book shows that are fun and diverse. So that anyone that shows up, there'll probably be a comic that's similar to your sense of humor. And it's also a great chance to see, I I tell people, if you go to enough comedy shows locally, they're cheap enough, you'll find someone you like. You know, you'll find a local comic who is a version or similar to a famous person that you like already. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I think that's a great way to do it. I know you've been a part of a couple of them like that. The um the guy from Atlanta, you just said his name. That's not the cat that I saw at Columbia Craft that came from Atlanta that night, is it? No, okay. I do not think so. All right, that guy was really funny too. I was I, I, I need to I need to do better with promoting people that I like. Um the uh yeah, I I'd, I'd say that you've done a good job. I, you've been announcing uh some of the comics over the past few days or past week on Facebook, you've got like the best ones in the city there. Uh, and so I can imagine that some of the other ones you're getting are great, but man, if there was ever a show that you wanted to see, you've been listening to us talk about comedy on this show now for a while. And you're one of the lucky folks that's in the area or you're close. Uh, or maybe even if you're just passing through town for some reason, like Christian said, I think it's supposed to get a little cold. Maybe you, uh, maybe you need to do something on Sunday, but uh, what times are the shows going to be? So the shows will be at 1 and 3.30. So the first show's at 1. They're both $15. There's one at 1. There's one at 3.30. The bar will also be having a bottle of mimosa special. Oh, cool. Uh, and then one thing I do for all of my shows is I try to do a raffle. So we'll be giving away some small prizes and things like that for you to go home with. Oh, cool. That's neat. And the Aristocrat, we've talked about them before. They they uh, are a great place. It's awesome food there. And some of the best drinks that I've had in a while, too. They are right off of Main Street downtown i'll make sure that i put the um the address and everything like that on the show notes uh here at the website christian thanks again for being on the show man best of luck with the show on uh sunday looking forward to, to hopefully hearing that you guys had a great one uh if you get a chance i cannot i cannot uh stress enough to, to go see the show 
But if you can't, grab Christian uh, whenever you see him anywhere. Is there a place people can go to follow you? Or are you uh, more of an Instagram guy, Facebook thing? For people that want to follow you outside of this, if they're not able to make a show, where do they need to go? Uh, Instagram, I'm at Sup, I'm Christian on Instagram. So it's S-U-P-I-M Christian. Uh, it's, it's probably the place I am most. It's the place I post most. I try to have a lot of fun on there. Uh, outside of just the comedy stuff I do. So I say it's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good follow. I gotcha, gotcha. Hey, Christian, thanks so much for being on the show today. We we appreciate it. Good luck to you in the future. Looking forward to seeing that show if we can on Sunday, man. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank Christian Williams for coming on again. You can see Christian uh, pretty much anywhere in Columbia if there's uh, if there's a comedy going on. I know he is going away for the summer. He works at a, a camp in the summer, uh, but he'll he'll be back with abandon. I'm sure somewhere around August. Uh, you can check him out. Uh, like I said before, any of the places that do stand up comedy, the Aristocrat, seen him at the New Brooklyn Tavern, seen him at um, the Art Bar, and the Tamar Quest Theater. If 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 improv is your thing, then that's a place to go check it out. I, somebody asked me if I was going to do more with improv as well. I don't. I don't. It's just that it's not my thing. Um, but if you want to check out Christian, go give him a shot. And if you are in the Columbia, South Carolina area, the aristocrat, uh, this Sunday, it would be well worth your time. I saw... Uh, I saw that one of the folks I didn't know, I, I actually know who she is. One of the folks he was talking about comes from Charleston. She runs the open mic at the Sparrow. So if you've ever been in the Park Circle area and check that out, she's the one that does that stuff. And there's a, that's a good that's a good room. And there's some good folks that come through there. She does an excellent job. So check that out if you can. This Sunday, two shows, one and three, one thirty and three thirty. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Just make your way down to the aristocrat and check it out. It'll, it'll certainly be worth your time. Why is it that I bring on comedians and not have them tell jokes? I think the way the email was, uh, if you had so many comedians on, why aren't they funny? This is why I don't read my emails on. <laughs> uh, but I got he was joking around. I got where he's coming from. Uh, let, me, let me tell you why I wanted to bring all these folks on. Number one, uh, I do truly believe that the art scene in this state is underappreciated. We we get some. We get some people. I mean, you know, you, there's some folks that you do know. If I mention them or talk about what they do, um, what you know, anywhere in the arts community, whether it's through production uh, or just through their talent, there's some names you know. Other than like, Hootie. Is Edwin McCain from here? That just shot my mind. For some reason, I want to say he's from the Greenville area, but I may be, I may be wrong about that. Maybe he was just friends with Hootie back then. I should probably know that one. Um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of great art here. We we've talked through the years uh, about the world class jazz we have here. But I I truly believe that the comedians we have in this area, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of up and comers. There's a lot of people that just do a really good job. Um, you, you can go to any open mic in Columbia and start to finish. It's a, it's a solid show. Yeah, you got your people that, that are just trying out. Yeah, you get some people that are trying some material that just doesn't work. That's what open mics are for. But anytime that they put on a show, 
like with what Christian's got going on this Sunday, it's always solid. And you'll always, and, and there's going to be somebody, I guarantee you there's somebody that's going to absolutely just bring it down. And it's not always the big acts. It's not. I went to one in um, uh, at Columbia Craft a few weeks ago that our friend Topher Riddle was doing. It was a great show. And um, they had a guy from Atlanta that was really funny. And I dug him. Wasn't the best there. Wasn't the best there. Best I saw was a dude I think has been doing it for two years. He was just rocking those 10 minutes. It was great. Uh, but go check it out whenever you can. Here's why I'm bringing them on. I hope it's very apparent to you uh, the message I've been trying to to kind of show now because I, now I feel like if I bring another one on to talk about this, I'm beating a dead horse. So if you haven't figured it out, let me just spell it out for you. Every comedian that I've had on this show believes in what they do. Every one of them. They love what they do. They're trying to find a way to make it work, Right? They want this to be a way that they earn an income. And, and a lot of them stay pretty busy. They do, yeah, they do open mics. Some of them travel around. Saw that Topher was up doing, I think he had a show up in Greenville a few weeks ago. If you caught that, shoot me a message. I'm curious to how, how that went. Yeah, I've talked about Allie Johns and, and, and a lot of the shows that she's had going on around town. Um, and everybody's got other jobs that they do. Some people go around and they'll host trivia or they'll do other things. But this is something in their life. There's something that they like doing. They like making people laugh. They like for people to have a good time. That's what speaks to them. It's what drives them. And a lot of people will look at that and say, well, but they need to have a real job on the side. That's true from the point that they need to sustain themselves economically. Sure. But let me tell you, if you don't think what they do is a real job, let me tell you why you're wrong. It's not easy. It's not always fun. I'm going to use Topher as an example. I don't think he would mind. But I saw Topher uh, at a gig doing a bit that he was working on. And he hadn't really finished it. He was still kind of workshopping it. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. He had me hook, line, and sinker. I was waiting on every word. He was using a prop. He was using a book as a prop. Now, it failed miserably. It just bombed out. It just bombed out because he hadn't figured out exactly what he wanted to do with it yet. And I think after the show, I bought him a beer, and I was like, hey, good set. He's like, are you kidding me? And I got what he meant. Yeah, yeah, he, he bombed out on it on stage. But the concept was brilliant. Oh, my God. It was so good. And I could see where he was wanting to go with it. And I hope, I hope he hadn't trashed that one. I don't know if he has. I need to ask him. Um, but um, it's hard to do that. It's hard to deal with the hecklers. Christian does do an amazing job with it. He does. You can, you Man, you could tell. He was like, that kid, it makes sense to me now. That kid, that guy was probably in his 40s. He was like like a middle school student when, <laughs> when Christian took care of him. Um. It's hard to do that. It's hard to find work. It's hard uh, to get out and on a day that you've had a long day uh, and you want to, to do something else, you need to go run uh, trivia at this place because you need to make money and you're trying to get your name out there and you're trying to promote other stuff. And here's the other hard thing about it. It all happens at night. Man, when I would go do the aristocrat, uh, I go try to get in, uh, you know, five good minutes of sparring there. 
Starts at 10 o'clock. God knows when you get out of there. Because you don't want to leave either. Because you're kind of a jerk. You can't be that. If you're a comedian, you got to support other comedians. So you go until the last one's gone. That's what you should do. Sometimes we all got to leave and stuff like that. I understand. If the room's packed, don't worry about it. Slip on out if you have to. But this is the kind of thing that you have to do. It's tough. It's tough to believe in what you do and want to promote your community. It's very tough to do that with what they do. And here's the thing that's even harder about it. They're trying to make people laugh that are offended by everything nowadays. You know how hard it is to be a comedian today? You know how hard it is? You've got to watch every dang word that you say. It's the dumbest time to try to be a comedian is today. The dumbest time in our history ever to be a comedian. And the history of the world is today. The only time it'll get worse is tomorrow. It's, it just, it's building and building and we, we're such a community of people that are such wusses, and we get offended by everything, or at least somebody in the room does. It's not, it's not, it's not easy, but I will tell you this. Everyone that I speak to, when I talk to them off, off the air, there's something that I, I realize with them. They have a calling for this. They understand that the world needs this. They understand that it's something that they want to do. Hell, even the guys that are insult comics get that. We got to laugh a little bit more. And as much as you may not want to, I'm going to try to make you. And yeah, it's dumb. You may pay $15 to come hear us make jokes and get offended by what we're saying because you can't realize that we're telling freaking jokes or you just got your feelings all in a wad about stuff. I really wish I could use other words, but I try to keep this shit clean. It's tough. Why have I had all these people on? Because I want to show you that that what they do exists outside of the job that really pays them, exists outside of the job that pays their insurance. All the things that you do in your safety zone to keep yourself and your family afloat. They spend so much time outside of that realm doing something that they would like one day to be able to take the place of that, but probably won't. But what do they do other than keeping, you know, continuing to write good jokes and work on their timing and their delivery and find the good rooms? You know what they do? They promote their craft. They promote it. I've asked every single one of them, every dang one that's come on this show, I've asked them why more people don't know about all the comedians that are here in town. I've asked them something to the effect of, what does it take to get more folks out here? What 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 are you seeing? And the reason I ask them that is because I know that they have their finger on the pulse because they're not out there just writing good content. They're trying to promote the message of what we're doing. I've had some meetings this week. I've got a show that I'm mulling over doing, and it's been on my heart for a month. And I don't know if it's the time to do it. I don't know that I'm in the right headspace to do it. I've got somebody that I could interview for the show. I've got somebody else that I could do a dual show with it, or I could just do one completely by myself. I, I don't know exactly what I want to do. I'm still thinking about it, meditating on that and, and praying about it and trying to figure out how I want to present this one show. But there's an aspect of that show that I want to do that's probably pretty preachy that has come to my heart when talking with these comedians. 
we exist in a world where people are really quick to point out problems. They do it all the time. People will tell you where we're doing something wrong. They'll tell you where they perceive someone else doing something wrong. And not only that, hey, did you hear what he said? Well, here's what he really meant. Well, he didn't say he meant that. Yes, but here's what he really meant because he doesn't understand this is what he meant and this is what you don't understand and this is how bad things are. Okay, so things are bad. Things are bad. Thank you. Thank you. In my, um, in my, my five things, uh, in my, and I'm, 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 I'm borderline about to change it to six things. The six things that I know are absolutely truth, uh, truth, true. God, professional podcaster. My undeniable six. It's at least five. I'm still mulling over the sixth one. I've talked about it here on the show, and it's not something I really throw them all out there, but I'll I'll give you another one because I think it fits all these cats. The number one easiest thing to do in all of life, the easiest thing to do in the entire time you're here on this planet, Easier than breathing, all the involuntary stuff that you do, the easiest thing that you do as a person or you can do as a person is not believe in something. It is so easy to not believe. You don't look for answers. You don't try to prove it. You don't have to put your heart and soul into it. If you are a person that believes in nothing, this is the easiest way to live life. The effect of that is not easy on you, but it is the easiest thing to do. The second easiest thing to do is point out problems. Point out where mistakes are. See, look at that. that. That color didn't work on that house, did it? Look at that. That thing didn't fit there, did it? Nope. That, one, that thing right there doesn't fit there. Look at that. You see all the stuff that's got to be moved, all the stuff that's got to change? Yeah, see, I told you you're not going to be able to do that. That's the easiest thing to do in life is to point out problems. Those two things are absolutely true. Conversely, the hardest thing to do ever in your entire life is to believe in something because you'll be challenged by external factors, internally with your own self-doubt. You will look for answers. Sometimes you'll find some, but you'll find others that are to the contrary of what you believe. Believing in anything, whether it's a whether it's a faith, whether it's a person, whether it's your marriage, whether it's love, no matter what, believing in something is the hardest thing to do. At the same time, when you believe in something, it makes your life better. The things that come off that are more of a positive thing, for the most part. The second hardest thing to do in the world is to fix a problem. Too often... We sit around and we talk about the things that are wrong. And then we talk about who's supposed to fix it. I was having a conversation with some friends the other day. We were talking about diversity in a, in a certain group that we were all a part of. And I asked them, I was like, well, it looks like we're not diverse. We're not. This is not there's not a diverse part of this group. It is something we, we live in a more we, this group is has got more diversity than what's seen they'd like to see more of it but maybe part of the fact is there's not a lot of diversity in leadership and one of the guys spoke up and was like yeah and I almost left because of that because that's just ridiculous and so I looked right at him I'm like all right so when are you going to run for the board of leadership you know what he said to me 
Now, see, that's the problem is it should have already been done. Nah, son, that's not the problem. That's not the answer. That's not exactly what, what you should be focusing on. You can sit and talk about how something should have been done, and you're right. It should have been. Should have been done. Should have been taken care of. All right, so do it today so that somebody 50 years from now isn't complaining about it. Oh, it's it's. there's always going to be somebody. Best time to plant a tree was 50 years ago. The second best time is today. Yeah, but they should have planted it 50 years ago. You're right, so let's plant it today. What's going to happen 50 years from now? They should have planted it 100 years ago. Yeah, you know what? But they planted it 50 years ago, so you got shade today, man. It's easy. Man, it's easy to sit around. I've heard these cats. These com- these are comedians. These are comedians. These are people that want to make a life for themselves, but they want you to enjoy what they're doing. They're trying to make it more mainstream in your neighborhood. They are talking about putting on a festival. God, God help them with that. I don't know how in the world they're going to have an outside festival and not have half the people in the world freaking offended by something they're saying as they're driving by. I uh, I applaud that because they see an opportunity, and if they don't see an opportunity, they go and make one. Man, you could learn something from a funny person. Where are you today? What do you believe in? What do you want to see happen differently? What, what change do you believe needs to be taking place? Not just in the world, but pull it back a little bit. Think about the things within your reach. Where where does a change need to be made? Where does a change need to be made? Great. Now go and, and there's, there's somebody you need to ask that question to. You need to go into your bathroom and look in your mirror and then say, and ask, ask that person, what, what are you going to do about this change? Oh, somebody should have done it. Yeah, you're right. They should have. They should have done it. So, so uh, they didn't. So it looks like it's up to you. Well, I'm not really the person that, okay, so you're the person that sits and and bitches, looks at stuff, says that's wrong? Great. That's great. If you are part of a group and you see a problem, you are worthless if you just go up and point the problem out. You're worthless. Worthless. Everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. Everybody understands it. You're not doing anything. It doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you more in tune with stuff. Let me tell you what it does. It wastes everyone's time everyone's time what you should do is come up and point out a problem and have a solution with it maybe your solution works maybe it doesn't but that's how you do stuff these people these funny people here in this city have been looking around and looking for opportunities to entertain people at a time when their craft is is absolutely run through the ringer and they don't care because they're trying to bring it to you and they're working their butts off they work with you during the day, and then they go out at night. Allie's got a baby on the way, and these people are working their butts off, and I applaud them for it, and I think it's fantastic, and I want you to support them because they're good people, and they do really good stuff, but I also want you to see that they're successful in what they're doing because even when they fail, they continue on because it is better to be doing something than waiting around for someone to do it for you. Funny people. Funny people taught me that. Man, there's more than laughs that come out of these things. If you can, go check them out. Thanks for stopping by the bar. 
We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So 